So I'm going to open today in a scripture. Um, today is a message I've been looking forward to for a long time. And so uh, I'd like to open today with a passage out of Romans chapter 8. This is the word of the Lord. It says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For, it is, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Amen. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. I love this verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Amen? This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. So happy to see you. Who is excited for the potluck next week? Okay. A couple weeks ago, we had one in the, in, the, in the lobby, and there was like 60 people floating around. Some people were like, man, where do I sit? Can I sit? Can I bring it back in here? Listen. We're getting more seating. We're working it out. But if there's not seating out there, just come on in here. Sit in your spot. Sit in your pew, John. Come on in. You're welcome. Laura, come on in. You're ready. Just grab those chips. Grab that hot, that hot dip, whatever it is over there, and just bring it into your pew, and you're ready to go. But listen, we did this. We did the lobby for our, for our family Sundays. We did it so that we could be together and we could spend time together and make moments together and build relationships with one another. And so just encourage you next week, stick around after service. I know it's a holiday weekend, but come on. It's like a holiday every day in California. It's always beautiful. Okay, so, so be here at church. Church is good for you. Um, it's good for you to be here. It's good for you to be with family. And so be here as often as you can. And next week, bring your family's famous dish. Mom, what, what would you think is your famous dish? Apple pie. Yeah. Oh. I was thinking the Swedish meatballs, but, I would, but if you want to do the apple pie too, I feel good about it. Fran, what do you, what do you got, Fran? Ooh, I feel good about it. Ben Sos, you got anything good? I know you cook. We are going to do breakfast burritos. Are you kidding me? I've heard that you've been refining your pancake recipe, though. Okay, we'll see. Okay, okay, okay. So be there. It's going to be awesome. Two other things real quick. Um, it was Pastor Manny's birthday on Friday. Can we all just wish him a quick happy birthday? I don't know where he is, if he's still in the house. But feel the love, Pastor Manny. We love you. You are a gift to the world, and we're so glad that you are entering your 50th year. You look so good. for. I'm just kidding. No rush. No rush. Listen, we have eternal life, right? So what is... 
last thing, we got a really cool, um, exciting update coming at you at the end of service today. And so I, I didn't want to interrupt our flow of worship for it, so we're going to kind of get through our message. And, um, and then at the end of service, before you're dismissed, we're going to fill you in on some cool stuff for the fall. So I'm really excited to share that with you. But I forgot. If you don't know me, my name is David. So happy to be with you today. Um, I'm the lead pastor here. Just really excited to be sharing from the scriptures as we close out this mini-series that we've been in called The New You. So, if you're just joining us in this mini-series, for the past few weeks we've been taking a closer look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 to understand, really, the new life that we have been given in Christ. And so here it is one more time. It'll be on the screen. It's starting in verse 14. It says, Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. And jump down to verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. And this is what we've been talking about for the past couple weeks. How if you've, been, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you are a Christian, then you are new. Every single part of you is new. And I know this might be um, a bit elementary for some of the long-standing Christians in the house. But, it, but if, this, if this good news does not startle your soul every time you hear it, then, it, then you got to get back into the scriptures. Because you, every part of you is new because of Jesus. Your old life is dead and gone, and all that remains is the new creation that Jesus carried out of the grave. A new creation in every single way. You have been born again. There is nothing in you that hasn't been recreated by the saving work of Jesus. And while you might still from time to time experience echoes, those echoes from the past begging for your attention, I need you to understand that old life has no real authority over you anymore. Why? Because the life of faith you've received is filled with power. And that power comes with new authority. And that's what we heard in Romans 8 just a moment ago. God made you new. Therefore, dear brothers, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the sinful nature, you will live the new you. And you have this new authority, a new power. I need you to understand the same power that conquered the grave, the same power in the beginning that poured oceans and formed mountains, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is your power, and it's called the Holy Spirit, and it lives within you. Amen. It's yours, and it made you new. Why? To live new. You weren't made new to sit around until you die. You were made new to live new. And over the past few weeks, this is what we've been covering specifically. What the authority that we have is given us. Oh, what comes along with this new life we've received. Starting with week one, we talked about the new future that we've been given. John chapter 3 calls this eternal life. A new everlasting future with God that, that must shape our vision for today. This was week one, a new future. Week two, we talked about the new heart. This was last week. The new heart we've received. How upon faith, God replaces our old, stubborn heart. And you know that stubborn heart. That old, stubborn heart with a, with a tender, loving heart of flesh in us. So we, like Deuteronomy chapter 30 says, so we might love God more and keep his commandments. 
The new you has a new heart and a new source for all you do, which brings us up to our final thing that we've been given by God through our salvation. And this is what we're covering today, that we have been given a new name, that we have been given a new name by God. Now, what do I mean by new name? Because while but we might not all have all the same like, quality or quantity of things in our homes. The one thing that we all have in common, no matter what, is that we've all got a name. It's ours. My name is David. It always has been. Or at least a variation of. I was thinking about this. So for about two, three years, I was really committed to calling myself Dave. And I thought it was just fresh, you know? I thought it was cool and fresh and like that I was like really hip. Um, and so I went by Dave only to return to David after a summer of roofing houses because my role on the roofing crew was cleanup. And so I was so cleverly called Dirty Dave the entire summer. <laughs> it wasn't Dirty David, it was Dirty Dave, okay? And so I was, uh, after a few weeks, I was uh, pretty excited to get back to the, the stoic and respectable David. <laughs> But anyway, a name, friends, is something that we all have. We've all been given or we've all chosen, and they matter. Names matter. But have you ever wondered why they matter? What does a name mean? I mean, obviously, we all need something to be identified by, to be called, otherwise the world, it would just be real confusing. Try, try searching for a friend on Facebook if you don't know their name. It's a challenge, okay? Names are essential, and we know that. But why do names matter? And a new name, what's, what's the deal with this new name? Well, we begin, before we get too deep into the new, let's first take a look at some context and some significance of names and the meaning that they carry. So, all throughout the Bible are scriptures we see God place a priority on names. From the very beginning, when God named the first people what? Yeah, come on, guys, Sunday school, here we go. What are they called? Adam and Eve, awesome. And they were given a job to go and name all of creation. Then, uh, from the beginning, all the way up to the renaming of Abram to Abraham, the new name from Jacob to Israel, Simon to Peter, and even Saul shifting into Paul as his ministry expanded to reach the Gentiles or non-Jews. Names matter to God, and they always have in our Bibles, but, but it's never more obvious than when, God, uh, when it comes to God's own name. And listen, there are a number of different names that people have assigned to God based on what God has done for them. Things like El Shaddai, Jireh, Adonai, Jehovah, Elohim, just to list a few. But there's only one name that God gives himself, that God self-assigns, and that's in the book of Exodus chapter 3. Check it out, it'll be on the screen. It says, but Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what's his name? What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Verse 15. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name. 
my name to remember for all generations. So God, for the first time ever in Exodus, he reveals his name to Moses as Yahweh, which means Lord. Yahweh, which means Lord. And, and it's this name that's used and referred to more than 6,800 times in our Bibles. And this name matters. It mattered to Israel, it mattered to the church, and it matters to God. Yahweh, a name that has meaning and must be respected. This was the expectation based on this name of respect. It was even carved into a stone. The third of Ten Commandments, when God says in Exodus 20, you must not, not, sorry, you must not misuse the name of your Lord. Your God, your, the Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Names matter. Names matter, and they always have played an important role in the story of God. But again, context. Why? Why does God care so much about a name? Well, a name, friends, more than anything, it implies identity. Identity. An identity that goes on to reveal who you are and where you belong. For example, when my folks had me, they, they named me David. I already told you. Not Dave. David. I was named David Johnson, and this revealed who I was and whose I was. I was Stephen Lynn Johnson's son. They named me, gave me identity, and revealed who I was. Now, as David Johnson, again, not Dave or Davey, just mark that in your phones, okay? As David Johnson, I eventually start a life with Rebecca Varner, but actually her name wasn't Rebecca Varner. Her name was Amy Rebecca Varner. Did you know this? So if you ever need to get her, you can just be like, hey, Amy, what's going on? Try to get her attention. It's not going to work. But we started, we started this life together, and now she goes by her middle name, Rebecca. But anyway, after we got married, she chose, she chose to be called Rebecca Johnson. And this is her name. It's become her identity, and it's who she is. It's where she belongs. Fast forward a few years, we decide to take our, uh, start our own family, and we have our first little boy, um, whom we love. Take a look at this photo. Aww. Hmm. January 13 and 15. Just remember this photo when you see him running crazy all over the church, okay? Just lock this away. But on January 13th of 2015, uh, we named him, and you can see the name right on that board from the hospital, Ford Edward Johnson. And we named him Ford because Rebecca's grandfather's name was Ford, and we wanted him to always be connected back to her family. And we named him Edward, Ford Edward, because my father's middle name is Edward, and we always wanted him to be tied to us. It was a blending. It was two become one, Ford Edward Johnson. This is his name, and this is his identity that he's been given. Now, two years later... We had an unexpected surprise, a wonderfully unexpected surprise as our family of three became four with this beautiful baby girl. And hit this one too. This is even, oh my goodness. Oh. Oh. And, and I remember sitting in the hospital January 20 of 2017. It was an interesting thing because they were almost born on the same day, two years apart. So January 13 of 15, January 20 of 17. Interesting. Um, and I remember sitting there on January 20 when the nurse came into the room and said, have you decided on a name? 
And we said, yes, she will be named. I can't help it. She will be, she will be named River. Wilder Johnson. River, out of Revelation chapter 21, the river flows through the new city of God and brings life wherever it goes. And Wilder, from Laura Ingalls Wilder, Little House on the Prairie, we wanted our daughter to be strong and fearless and a force of nature for the glory of God. So we said to the nurse, she would be called River Wilder Johnson. This is her name. It's a name that implies identity and reveals who she is to us, who she could be, and who we are to her. And again, this is the significance that comes along with a name. Your name reveals who you are. It reveals who you are and where you belong, your family, your status, your rights, your reputation, your legacy, and even your inheritance. Your name ties you to a people. Your name ties you to a purpose and a provider because a name means family. A name means family. It tells you who you are and who you could be, what you're worth and where you belong. Now, in the ancient world in which our scriptures were written that we've been reading today, this reality was even more apparent, where a name, it wasn't just an identifier for how to find someone on Instagram, but, but rather it was a necessity for life. Let me explain. So in the first century, the Roman world in which our New Testament exists, if a man and a woman had a child, it was essentially up to them, more like up to him, if they wanted to keep the baby. If he was pleased with the child, he would name the baby as part of the family. And along with the name, they would be given rights and responsibilities and inheritance. They would be given everything that comes along with the family name in society. But if the man was unhappy with, what, with, with the condition of the child, whether it was disabled or they wanted a boy instead of a girl or vice versa, if he, if he, uh, if he was unhappy, he would have the right to abandon the child to abandon the child, to, to literally leave the kid on the side of the road, to throw them in the trash as an orphan, to die with no name. This was the reality in the first century where the only hope for this kid would then be to be adopted and to be given a new name from a new family. Because no name literally meant no family, which meant no identity, which meant no value, which meant no future. Now, back to adoption for just a second. Something kind of cool. And lock this away in your minds. Store this little treasure. Because it all connects back in a moment. If this did happen, family unhappy with a child, child was thrown in the trash, um, and if this abandoned child would have somehow been seen and welcomed and adopted in by a new family, this kid in the ancient world would actually be seen not just as real family, but as a priority within the family even more than biological children, because this child was chosen independent of blood. The orphan was chosen specifically by the family to become family, and they were given a name with all rights and privileges. And this is the power that comes with a name. Everything flowed from the name you had and you were given. It revealed who you are and why you matter 
It, it projected what was possible and permissible, your rights and reputation. They, they, your name assumed what you were capable of and, and, and who you belonged to. There was nothing more important, nothing more insignificant than your name. And this is the context that leads us back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the new you. Since, since we believed that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to our old life. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. This means that if you belong to Jesus, everything about you is new. Everything is new. A new future, eternity, new heart with motivations, best for last, a new name, which brings about it a new identity and a new family new purpose, new priorities, new possibilities, new status and inheritance. This is the new you. This is the new you. One more time from Romans 8. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. This is so good. Verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he, what does it say? Adopted. When he adopted you as his children. Now we call him Abba Father, for this spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The spirit of adoption. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Now, what did we just read here? If the Spirit lives within you, then you are now called family. You are called children of God. You have been adopted by God into a new life of faith forever. Amen. Forever. And given a new name that reveals who you are and why you matter. You've been given the name above all names the family name of Jesus. And this name, it projects what's possible for you. Your new family name, it speaks to what you're capable of and what you're made for. Your new family name, independent of anything you've experienced in your life, this new family name assumes value uh, in you, not by what you can contribute, not by what you've done to earn a spot in the house, but simply because the good Father in heaven has decided to call you son. Or daughter because the good father in heaven has decided to name you and to welcome you into his house for the spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are his children this is the new you this is the new you and how God sees you this is what God sees when he looks at you you're no longer separated from him by your former way of life you are no longer slaves to sin, praying God might show you mercy so you can escape hell. You're no longer outsiders looking in or orphans cast aside on the side of the road, just, just praying that someone might take them in. No, if you're a Christian, then God has already seen you. God has already seen you and loved you and chose to adopt you with all rights and privileges into his family. And he's done everything 
Jesus became a human, uh, God became a human being called Jesus, and, and he went to the grave, he went to the cross and to the grave so you might be adopted into his house. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 says that, that God calls you his inheritance. That while our inheritance is in heaven, God calls you his glorious inheritance. Can you believe that? But it's true, and it means that you've been given a new name, and you've been given his name. He is your good father, and you are his heir alongside Jesus, God's son, in his kingdom forever. Ephesians chapter 2, which is another letter from Saul, who became Paul when he started reaching out to non-Jewish people, he expands on this in verse 11 when he says, it'll be on the screen, he says, don't forget that you Gentiles, who were essentially non-Jewish people, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. I wonder if there's anyone in the house today that remembers a season in their life where they lacked hope. You lived in a world without God and without hope. But verse 13, now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Verse 18, now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And this is the end. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Friends, if you have given your life to Jesus, if you have given your life to Jesus, I need you to understand that even though you might have brothers and sisters and a mom and a dad and grandparents here on earth, I need you to understand that you have been adopted into an eternal family in heaven. You have been given a new name, a new name to carry and a new house to call home from here till eternity. You have been given a new inheritance to treasure. You have been given a new identity to live as a son or as a daughter of God. This is who you are now. You have been named. You have been called. So this is where you belong. This is the new you. This is the new you. Incredible. Almost too good to believe, right? But this is the good news that we have been given. Still, like we've talked about for the past few weeks, anytime we step into the new, it can be an adjustment. Anytime we step into the new of anything, it can, it can take some time to adjust. Like when Rebecca and I first got married, she was still signing her old name for months on checks, right? I recently read that there are some stats about adoption process, actually, like in, in the United States, that, you know, especially for older children, it can actually take years for adopted children to feel at home with the new family. Adoption is a process. A new name takes time to remember. It's an adjustment. So what can we do to be faithful with this name we've been given? Remember, Exodus chapter 20 says that you must not misuse the name of the Lord. 
The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. If you carry his name, if you represent his name poorly out in the world. It's not about, it's not about saying a few words. It's about misrepresenting his name out into the world. God cares about his name. He will protect his name. The name we've been given to carry. God demands we live true and represent the family well. So how can we do it? How can we live faithful with this new name we've been given? I'm going to make this really quick. And there are no points today. All it is is a scripture I want to read to you. I believe that this really is what it takes to be faithful in God's family. And it's from Colossians 3, my favorite letter in the New Testament. Jehun, you read it. You know what I'm talking about? A couple weeks ago, I was like, Jehun. Or I said to everyone, like, hey, if you have an extra 15 minutes, read Colossians. And that afternoon, Jehan's like, yeah, I read it today. It was great. Thank you for telling me to do that. So everyone, read it again. Here we go. But this really, I think, Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12, I think is a beautiful and brilliant representation of what it means to live faithful in God's house. It says this, with a bit of commentary in there. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, since God adopted you, into his family and his house. You must clothe yourselves, put on to carry tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and, give, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves, cover yours, carry this name, Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, one family, you are called to live in peace and be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. What does this mean? It means make it a priority to bring the message about Jesus into your mind. Read your scripture, read your Bible. Take time to block out the messages of the world to receive the messages about Christ and all its richness. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And this is it right here. This is what it means to be faithful to the name you've been given. Whatever you do, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative as a name-bearer, carrying the name of Jesus. Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Friends, we're just about done. If you want to be faithful with the name you've been given, since God chose you to be holy, let your new heart that you've been given lead you to mercy and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. Let the new heart that you've been given, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, lead you to love above all else as the peace of God rules in your hearts. And his message, the good news of what we've been hearing even today, that you are his, that you are new. Let this message in all its richness fill your life so that whatever you do or say, you might do it as family of God as the new you. And again, friends, I know this is an adjustment. I know this is, uh, it can be hard to let go of old habits sometimes, to let go of old priorities, old ways of seeing people, 
old ways of seeing the world and even yourself. I know it can be a challenge to believe that God loves you as much as he does, I know. I know it can be a challenge to believe that God wants to use your life for amazing things. I get it. I know it can be easy to be distracted and create these compartments in our hearts and minds for, for our family, for our earthly family and for our friends and for work and for pleasure and passions and, and, and all these different things. We have these compartments that we build. It's a perfect, it's a perfect praise break there. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> Friends, I know it's easy to get distracted, see? It happens. Still, I'm here to tell you that if you're a Christian, and I, I want to assume the best of you in here, I know we're all at different places on this road of faith, but if you're a Christian, um, I need you to understand that you are new in every way. You've been given a new purpose. You've been given a new life. You've been given a new heart, a new future, a new eternity. You've been given a, a new identity and a new name. Everything is new, so you might go and show the world what God is like Amen. in everything you do. And this is the new you, the new y'all, okay? So let us be a church, y'all. Let us be a church of sons and daughters faithful to the name we've received. Amen? Amen? Let us be a people born again, set apart to live new by the power of His Spirit. And finally, let us be a family together, forever, committed to one another as we carry this name from here to heaven. Amen? Amen. I love you. I'm so grateful I get to be a part of this church. Let's pray as we, let's pray as we close. Jesus, we are so grateful that you call us friend. Even more, God, we are grateful that you call us family, that we are brothers and sisters in your house. God, we're so grateful for what that means, that, God, we are not visitors in your family, God. We aren't guests showing up to just take and take and take, God, but we are yours forever, and there's nothing that, that anyone can do about it. God, if we are with you, then we are new in you. And God, we thank you for that, that there's nothing that we can do to ever separate ourselves from your love. And no matter how far we walk, God, there's, the door is always open and the table is always set. So Jesus, we thank you for our new name. We thank you that you love us and you called us. God, that you saw us on the side of the road and you welcomed us in, that you adopted us into your family. God, we're so grateful for what that means about forever and eternity, but also, God, what it means for today as it, as it leads us into a new future and brings us new focus and new opportunity, new possibilities in your name. Jesus, you say, whatever we do in your name. God, so today we ask that you would just move in us. God, that you would make yourself known to us, that you would lay heavy on our hearts, God, and that we would leave here different and changed, maybe for the first time. God, that we would leave here feeling this sense of newness like never before. And God, that we would remember who we are and where we belong. So God, we thank you again. We thank you for all that you've done for us, God. We don't deserve it. We are not a safe bet. God, we have done nothing to earn our place in your house, but you saw us and you had mercy on us, and you loved us so much that you did everything 
everything it takes to bring us in and call us family. So Jesus, we love you and we thank you. And it's in your name, Jesus, the name we carry.